nights. Good morning, church. All right. Bright and early, 8 o'clock service, and y'all are awake. That's awesome. So my name is Stephen Pollitt. I'm the discipleship pastor here, and um, again, it's, it's such a joy to be able to, to bring God's Word uh, to you all this morning. So Blake and Sean are on vacation this week, so you can pray for them as they are sitting on the beaches of Cancun. Hi, Blake and Sean. I'm sure you all are watching right now while you're sitting on a beach. Probably not. Um, but it, like I said, it's a joy that, that the opportunities I have to be able to um, bring God's Word to you all. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up um, to 1 John chapter 1. I'm excited to kick off our new series, In the Light, and we're going to be walking through 1 John, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, I absolutely love it. And one of the reasons why I love it is like as I meet new believers, this is one of the books that I love going through with them um, and talking through because it, it defines this, this God and, and what others have experienced and, and how they're pointing um, other people to, to the foot of the cross and, and how there's called to be in fellowship and, and have joy because of uh, this, this Christ that they love more than anything. So I, I, I love that. And so what I want to do first is we're going to read um, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And then we're going to dive into those scriptures uh, one by one. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we look upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And so we're going to look, a recurring theme as we, we tear the scripture apart is what fellowship is, why it exists, and what our joy being completed, and, and what that really looks like, and what, um, in, in scripture, what that is, is really identifying. And as I was reading this scripture, and as I was preparing this sermon, um, there's another scripture that came to mind that I think it, it just points directly to 1 John, and it gives a definition of what that fellowship and what that joy actually is. And so it's going to be Psalm 73, verses 23 through 28. It says, Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful. But for me, it is good to be near to God. So this psalm, I love because I get this picture of us holding God's right hand as he walks us through this life. And that picture became abundantly clear to me that um, over this past month, my daughter Carly has started preschool for the very first time. And she goes to school here at the Gateway Preschool Academy. And two times a week, I get to get her ready for school. I get to try my best 
to do girls' hair. And as you can see, I don't have a lot of experience with, with getting those ponytails really as tight as they, they, they can be. So getting her ready can be a challenge sometimes in the morning. I was raised in an all-boy household, like I know nothing about girls. And so I'm on this crash course to figure out how to raise a daughter. But those couple mornings, I get to drive here to church, and I get her out of her car seat, and I get her backpack, which is about the size of her, and I get her nap mat, and she wants to, she's very independent, she wants to carry it by herself. Me as her dad, like, I just like, I'll just carry your backpack inside, and she'll say, no, daddy, I want it. And so I'll put it on her, and she'll waddle her way across the parking lot and into the front door, and I'll walk her to where that metal line is that separates our old building from our new building. Um, it's kind of like the Field of Dreams line for me. If I cross that line, I all of a sudden turn into an old doctor. Um, so I stop right there. Um, but what happens is as I'm walking her to that line, I have her right hand. And that whole morning, I've told her, school's going to be great. You're going to have a great day. I can't wait to hear about what you've experienced at school this afternoon when I get to be with you again. And so I'll hold her right hand, and we'll get to that line, and I'll get down on my knee. She'll give me a big hug, and she'll say, bye, Daddy, and she just walks off. And I would watch her waddle with that backpack. And again, it, just, it, it, it painted this picture for me of what God does for us. It says in that psalm that, nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. We have a God that is desperate to be in relationship with us. Like I use that word desperate, like he desires fellowship and communion to be in relationship with us. And that is mind-blowing to me. But I get it because I'm pretty awesome. Just kidding. It blows my mind that he wants to be in relationship with me. And then there's this other picture, like I said, I'll get Carly up in the mornings that she'll wake up, and in the monitor, I'll hear her yelling for daddy, and I'll open the door, and she'll look at me with this big smile, and she doesn't know anything other than the comfort of her home and the relationship that she has with her dad and her mom and her brothers. Like, that's her entire world is wrapped up right there, and I see it on her face. As soon as I crack that bedroom door open, and she looks at me with that big smile and that gap in her front teeth and these big dimples, and she's just ready to party. Let's go, Dad. Whatever this day holds, I'm with you. You're with me. Let's go. So I'll pick her up, and she'll give me this big hug, and she'll give me a big kiss on the cheek, and I'll walk her downstairs, and we'll sit on my chair, she calls it daddy's chair. We'll sit in it, and she'll proceed to rub my beard. She'll stick her finger in my ear, and she'll pull my ear, and she'll grab my nose, and she'll lift my glasses up, and she'll play with my eyes. She'll rub my head. In any other scenario, that is the weirdest thing ever. So, like, Tom, if you came to church this morning, and I started rubbing your beard and, like, grabbing your nose and ears, like, you would get security, right? Like, Stephen's on drugs. This is, this is what this world has come to. Um, in any other scenario, that, that is a, a weird thing. But between a father and his child, what that represents is full access. 
that I am hers and she is mine and we are in fellowship, we are in communion, and there is ultimate joy that exists in that moment because it's my daughter. It's not weird. And I hold her right hand and I bring her to school. And so as we look at fellowship and as we look at joy over this next few moments, what I want you to evaluate, what I want you to look, like, look at is your relationship with a God that loves you more than anything, so much so that he would go from eternal to historical and he would fill the pain of sin and sorrow and he would experience it all because he loves you and he wants to give himself fully to you. He's granting full access to us. And that's what I'm granting my daughter every single morning that I get to spend with her. And she's grabbing my nose and she's rubbing my beard and she's smiling and she's hugging me and she's blowing zerberts on my neck. I'm giving her full access to her father and I am hers and she is mine. And God is giving us that full access. We have the ability to fully know him. And so we're going to dive into verse 1. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So this first verse is defining who God is. From the beginning, we've heard about who this God is. And we have seen it with our own eyes. This is John who's actually talking about laying eyes on the eternal God who became historical. He's seen it. He's experienced it. Which we look upon and we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And so in this first verse, it, it, it begged me to ask a question and how much I, I truly know who he is. And how do I get to know him better? Church, how do you get to know God better? He's gifted us scripture. We define who he is. We read this two sections of scripture this morning, and it paints a huge picture about who God is. Just a minute of reading defines this God that has us by his right hand, that he is our portion, that he's our strength, and though our flesh may fail, He still has us. The psalmist writes, it's like, there, there's nothing else on this earth that I want because I've seen, I've experienced, and I know the comfort of knowing the Father that has my right hand. I have full access to the eternal God who became historical on my behalf. I have full access to him. In just a minute of reading scripture, we see that picture of this Christ that loves us more than anything. So church, what I want to challenge you to do and I'm going to repeat this a couple times as we dive into these, these four verses. To fully know him, to be able to, to tell people that you know him, it takes really knowing him. It takes the time to dive into scripture and reading about who he is, what he's done. The links that he go to for you and his people. It takes an opportunity that we have to take with him to fully know him, to wake up in the morning and hit our knees and touch his face. 
to grab his nose, to grab his ears. And how we do that is with our fellowship with him. We pray. We pray. So that we can go out and we can tell others, I know this God who's died for you and he's walking with you. Even though you might know it, he's walking with your right hand. He's your portion. He's your strength. And where you might fail, where your heart might become weary, he doesn't. And where we fail, he forgives us and he holds our right hand anyway. That happens. We can say we, we know him. We've heard these things, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which we have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, diving into Scripture and knowing Him and talking to Him daily. So church, I'm pleading with you. This cannot be the only place where you hear God's word. This cannot be the only place where your fellowship with Him exists. So I'm begging you. The reason why I'm begging you is because I've seen it. and I've experienced it. I've touched it. Every morning, my experience with him. To touch his face. To grab his ears. To be fully known by the eternal God. And him to grant full access to me. It's amazing that he grants all of us that access. So take advantage of it, church. Know him. And in verse 2, it says, The life was made manifest that we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and was made manifest to us, so that we know these things to be true. If you've touched this God, if you've held his right hand, you have a testimony of what he's done for you. That truth is manifested to us, that we know it, we've seen it, we've touched it, we've experienced it. And now we have a story to tell because there are others in this world that are walking alone and they have no clue that there's a God extending his hand that they can grab it. We have a testimony to tell, church. So I'm pleading with you, dive into scripture, know him. I'm pleading with you to pray, to talk to him, to have relationship with him. So that truth can manifest and give you a strength of a testimony so that you can tell others and point others. You can point your children directly to this relationship you have with a, a God that's eternal that loves you more than anything. If you've touched this God, you have this testimony. So if you've seen it, just even a glimpse of who he is, what stops you from fully giving yourself to him? What is getting in the way from giving yourself totally to this God that loves you more than anything? In verse 3, it says that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so you guys... You're proof positive that we crave fellowship to be united with others. Like Sunday mornings and Wednesday, the fact that I get to experience church, like I just want y'all to know how blessed it is and how like I count my blessings every single day, that I get to dedicate everything I am 
to him by being a, a pastor on staff at this church. And that's made possible through your faithfulness. And so I count a joy every time that I get to, to worship with you, that I get to take communion with you, that I get to see fellowship exist between myself and you. Like, what a joy that is. What a joy that is that we get to fellowship with one another. And again, you are proof that we crave to be a part of one another's life. Charlotte, like, I look forward to every Sunday getting to worship with you. And I, I just, I thank you so much that you've made yourself and your family available that we can fully know you, that your daughter knows my children almost better than I know. And so, like, I crave that fellowship between us. So as I said in communion, the, the, the word for fellowship, the Greek word in there is koinonia, and it, it means sharing life together, and that we are united to live a life for one name, and that name is Jesus Christ. That we have a singular purpose, and our fellowship exists for one reason, and that is to glorify God and to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about the joy that we receive from that here in a moment. But I want to talk about friendship a little bit. There's, there's two types of fellowship that are mentioned in the scripture. There's the us, us in this room right now that are fellowshipping because of one singular reason, and that's Jesus Christ. The other fellowship that we have is between us and God. And that he's gifted us this opportunity that we have to belong to one another as well. What an amazing thing that is. So koinonia, we share life together with one singular purpose, and that name is Jesus. And I'm thankful that right here, right now, God is strengthening our us. He's forming an us. It's part of his plan for us to be united in one name, Jesus Christ. And, and he builds friendships and opportunity and relationships built on the strength of an eternal God who became historical on our behalf, there is strength and power in the name of Jesus through the fellowship that is existing and being formed in this room right now. How amazing is that? So I, I have a friendships that have lasted about 15 years, 14 years. One of those relationships is in this room right now with Dave and Amy Dryden and the opportunity that for years through two different fellowships, I've, I've been able to see the scripture come to life through the relationship that I have with them in two different churches. I have relationships with four friends that, that were previously on staff with me at a, at a church and we get together once a year. They're now all over the country. One's in Colorado, one's in Houston. They're, they're all over the place. But we dedicate time to be together. And it's the reason why that's possible is because of the fellowship that we have in Jesus Christ. It's for one singular purpose. It wouldn't exist without him. This doesn't exist. The creation of an us doesn't exist without the creation of this us between us and God. And it's interesting to me how he forms those relationships and he forms those fellowships in different ways. Like I remember when I first came on staff here, I was about as broken and beaten of a pastor as you could be when I was hired to come to Gateway. And because the relationship and the, the fellowship that existed here, it healed wounds that I'd had. 
through my relationship with Blake and Sean and Natalie's relationship with him. It healed wounds that she'd had and that exist because God is forming a fellowship right now with us with one singular purpose. And again, like that's just such, such a neat thing that that can exist because of a fellowship. Another thing is like I was thinking back to my college days, and I had the same roommate all throughout college. And it was interesting to see freshman year to senior year how that relationship had changed. Um, and, and, you know, freshman year, you get to know one another, and you open up the refrigerator, and everything's labeled. Like half the stuff is Stephen, half the stuff is Mark. And I would go and open the refrigerator, and I'd have my bowl of, of Fruity Pebbles, and Stephen's milk carton was very empty. And immediately this thought came to mind. I was like, what's this, this, like, my stuff and his stuff? And Mark had a full thing of milk. So it's like we're, we're, we're existing in a fellowship now. So now I'm partaking in his milk so I can have my soggy Fruity Pebbles. And then year two, there was no more names on stuff in the refrigerator. And now we, we, we'd grown in our fellowship even more where I'd see Mark in a shirt. be like, that shirt would look pretty good on me, I think. So there was like the times as a, as a boy in college, I would look in my closet and there would be nothing hanging up. But there would just be a pile of dirty clothes. And then like I'm going through and like this was the time when like Axe body spray was like first invented. So it was like... That's how I can wash my clothes. I'm like smelling. It's like, I don't think Axe is going to cover that smell. So that goes in the background. It's like, this one might be possible. So I'd spray Axe on it, wait a few minutes, and then smell it. And it's like, yeah, this one's still not good. But you know what? There's a fellowship that, that exists here now. Like, God's building in us. So I go to Mark's closet, and his shirts are fully pressed, and they're hanging up. And you know, that shirt that he wore last week, I think it'll look pretty good on me as well. So I put it on, we button it up, and then I come home, and he's like, is that my shirt? It's like, there's no my shirt here. This fellowship exists. This is our shirt now, buddy. And it goes on, and then there was this bittersweetness of senior year as we're graduating, and that we go separate ways, and to see the fellowship that existed. And then I go to seminary. And I have two roommates now. And that same concept, like God is starting to build this fellowship and that we serve together at the same church and we love Christ together and we encourage and we sharpen one another. It was amazing to see this fellowship exist. But the thing that built that relationship was I love pranks. So I play pranks on my roommates all the time. Like one, we, it was Christmas time. And so we went out and bought a Christmas tree, but we didn't buy Christmas decorations. And we had one roommate who had a girlfriend, so he's gone all the time. So obviously the stuff in his room was going to become our decorations. So we took all his ties, and that became the tinsel around the tree. And we took some odds and ends out of his, his room, and then we hung it up on the tree. And voila, we had this amazing Christmas tree out of Joey's possessions. There was no mine, and, and this is, is mine. It was, it was ours. A fellowship existed. And it was pretty neat because then I met my wife, and we got married, and I got to see how God creates this fellowship between a husband and a wife, and it was a beautiful thing. It's like it was still like amazing to me, and it still is all these years later that I get to lay down on my pillow, and I look over, and there, there's this, this beautiful woman that wants to be married to me in that same bed. What joy that is. And I've seen God build our fellowship and increase our strength through um, this church helping us figure out how to raise kids. And I've seen that fellowship grow. But when we first got married, 
what halted that fellowship was that idea of like, now I have a just, it's like a girl roommate. I can still play pranks. And I remember like the worst thing I ever did in my marriage was, this was like week two of saying our vows. We're just back from the honeymoon. And my wife's in the shower. I was like, you know what would be funny? If I fill up this like cold container of ice water and I'll just dump it on her as she's showering. That'd be great. That'd build fellowship. She'll think it's funny. You can ask Natalie. She did not think it was funny. Ladies in this room, I apologize profusely that I would actually treat a woman and my wife that way. So I dump the cold water. He's rubbing his hands together like he has a thought that he's going to do something. Please never dump water on your ice cold water on your mom or your future wife. Um, and so I dumped that water and she gave me the singular best advice marriage advice I've ever received, better than anything I'll ever learn in re-engage or, or, or anywhere else, whatever marriage thing. And she looked at me and she said, Stephen, I'm not your roommate. I'm your wife. I was like, yeah, that like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, yeah, I was so joyful that I have this relationship with my new bride. But she wasn't my roommate. There was something different there. So God formed this fellowship between her and I but it was rooted in the singular purpose to bring glory to God, to raise our family, to know who Jesus Christ is. And because she's a gracious woman, she didn't divorce me week two because of all the pranks that I played on her. But God binds our relationships together. In verse 4, it says, and we were writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So I want to ask you guys, what does completed joy look like? Joy that's found in a fellowship that, that God is creating in us. And it's not just joy that we're looking at. It's fullness of joy, knowing the fullness of who Christ is and having full access to him, that we have fullness of joy. This deep abiding joy that comes through our union and knowing our Savior. So what I want to ask you guys, as we get ready to close here in a minute, what I want to ask you is, what is stopping you from having that fellowship with Him? Because again, the fellowship that is existing right here in this moment, this us that God is building, it doesn't exist fully for our joy to be complete unless our relationship between myself and him is complete. Unless that exists, this can't fully exist. We can't fully know the complete joy that God has intended for us unless we fully know who he is. And he gives us that opportunity through the teaching of his word, through the reading of his word, through being in prayer and in communion with him, through talking to this God that fully knows us and he's granting full access to himself to us. So our joy can be complete in knowing exactly who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us. And that fellowship exists and so that this fellowship can exist and that our joy may be made complete. What a beautiful picture that is. But what I'm going to ask you is, what is stopping you from this fellowship between you and God? Are you afraid of what you might have to give up? Are you afraid of having to give up time? Are you afraid of the calling that it might have on your life?
Don't allow Satan to tap into your fears and stop you from stepping into the fullness relationship, the fullness of a relationship that God intends for you. And so I love this church. I love the fellowship that exists here. I love the completed joy. And like I said, I have the joy every single day. that I, every, every day of every week, I walk into these do- doors, and I love the people I get to work with. I love the people I get to worship with. I love the people I get to study God's Word with. Like It is a joyful thing for me. There's not every week that I'm ex- as excited about it as I am right now. There are weeks that are hard and challenging, and we have to deal with difficult things, and it can be a beating. But that koinonia, that fellowship between us and God exists so that fellowship between us can be strengthened and so that our, our joy may be made complete in knowing who God is. He's granting you full access to him. So our souls, it longs for intimacy with God. It longs for connection with him. And he's granted us that access. And again, the question is, are you taking advantage of the access that God has given himself to you? Because if you're not, this fellowship of us doesn't exist in fullness. So again, there's there's two different type of fellowships that we're looking at in the scripture. Between us and God, between myself and you, and you and me, and you and those people that are sitting around you right now. For one purpose, Jesus Christ, so that our joy might be made complete. And so as we get ready to close here, if your only intimacy with him exist through what is taking place in this room every single week, your joy is not complete. Do not depend on this sermon weekly. Do not depend on the prayer time that we have together to be the fullness of what God intends for you. He's granting himself full access. So whatever it is that's stopping you from stepping into a full relationship with God, please, I'm begging you, give that to him. Give that to him today. Our souls long for intimacy with God, and he gives himself full access. Like, I love John writing this because he shares the heart of Christ with his people, and he shares this this deep, abounding joy that he has later in 3 John. Um, He writes that there's no greater joy than to, to watch his children walk in truth. He's talking about fellowships that are existing because people stepped out of their fear of giving themselves fully to God, and they stepped into an intimate relationship with him that their joy made complete. And he said that nothing brought him more joy than seeing his children walk with him. Nothing brings me more joy to seeing every single one of you giving yourself fully to God and what whatever that means. So I had an opportunity this past Wednesday to go serve in the children's ministry. As you heard Blake over this past several weeks, like we, we're, we're shorthanded in children's ministry. I saw fellowship and us being built with kindergarten, first, second, third, and fourth graders this past Wednesday, that it was amazing. 
It was amazing to see God build that fellowship and to, for their relationship and their joy to be made complete through the, the, the investment that adults have made in them. There are places and opportunities that we have to give ourselves fully to. The table um, still is sitting out there. Um, if, if you have a heart and desire uh, to want to serve uniquely in different areas, and there'll be people out there to help you talk you through it. If your only time reading scripture, if your only time praying exists because of what you experience here on Sunday morning, you're missing out on the completed joy that God has for us. And so my desire, as we get ready to leave this place, um, there's going to be a, a number on the screen behind me. You can, you can text prayer to that word. You can text next. And with that response, like I'm desperate to know exactly where you're at. So I pray that you'll respond to God's word today. I'm going to be back in the Next Step Center. If you want to come pray with me, I'm going to be right there. And again, I'm desperate to hear how the, the, the joy of the Lord is completed in you. I'm desperate to hear the, the fears that you might have uh, to, to stop, that's stopping you from stepping in full relationship with him, in an intimate relationship with him. I'm desperate to hear a response because God's word demands it. So let's pray. So Lord, I just come before you today. I thank you so much for the opportunity we get to, to dive into your word. I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to fully know you, that you've granted full access to yourself, to us. Lord, I pray that you continue to build a fellowship of us in this room, united for one purpose in who you are. Lord, I pray I pray that our joy is made complete. And Lord, I pray that you give everyone in this, world, in this room a, a, a boldness to be able to proclaim who you are in Christ crucified. Lord, I pray whatever's stopping those in this room that are not practicing a full relationship with you, that their joy is not complete, Lord, that they have a boldness to step in to the fullness of that relationship that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.